It's time for Dishing Up Nutrition with licensed nutritionist Darlene Kavist. Each week, Darlene explains the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Stay tuned to hear practical, real-life solutions for healthier living through good nutrition. Dishing Up Nutrition is brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Slow down, you move too fast. You got to make the morning last. Just kicking down. Well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavist, licensed nutritionist. And I thank each of you for listening. You know, if you're a person with one of the many autoimmune diseases, I invite you to stay tuned. So joining me in studio today is our co-host, Cara Carper. Cara is a nutrition educator and counselor with a master's degree in holistic health from St. Catherine's University. And Cara, it is so nice to have you here today because... I want to switch chairs with you. That's why you're excited to have me on today. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> so basically what you're saying is that you want me to answer the phone. Yes. Take the callers. Yes. Watch the clock. Yes. Make sure there's no dead airspace. Exactly. And then you get to sit over there and relax in my chair. That's so right <laughs> on, Cara. I thought it would be nice to have you just interview me about nutritional connections to autoimmune diseases. You know, I really... With all my years of experience, I don't really need notes or even a script. Just shoot the questions at me. In fact, if our listeners have questions about the nutrition connection to autoimmune diseases, our number here is 651-641-1071. And we'll take the questions. Okay, Dar. Well, I'm ready. I'm in the hosting chair, so um, I'm ready to start asking you questions. Okay. Shoot away. All right. (laughs) Well, first of all, how many people are affected by an autoimmune disease? Well, you know, about 10% of the population. So that means kind of like one out of every nine women, because women, about 75% of people with autoimmune diseases actually are women. And if you think about that, that's over 23.5 million people that have autoimmune diseases. And if we compare that to, see, there's about 10% of the population that have chemical dependency issues. And we see treatment centers all over. I mean, there's, I think there's literally hundreds of treatment centers in Minnesota, but we don't see many treatment centers for people with autoimmune diseases. I've never heard of a treatment center for autoimmune diseases. So that just kind of gives people an idea about how many people are really being affected by, uh, you know, autoimmune diseases. So, you know, let's, maybe we should break this down. Some people might not know what autoimmune disease is, and is it just low immune function? So help listeners understand why it's such a problem. Well, it is actually a confused immune system. It isn't, you know, and I think in the past, people used to think that it is an overactive immune system. Well, it is and it isn't, but it's a confused myth. Uh, immune system. And what could what could cause your immune system to be confused? Well, there might be like a pre, a, kind of like a genetic predisposition. You know, I always talk on air about my genetic predisposition to heart disease and high blood pressure and all those things. Well, some people have this predisposition to an autoimmune diseases, and then something happens to them. You know, maybe they get exposed to a lot of chemicals. In fact, I have a client that was, um, she was doing, she was working in a lab. She was getting her, I think she was getting her master's degree and she was working at the university in California 
and she was exposed to a lot of chemicals. And lo and behold, what happened is she ended up with serious rheumatoid arthritis. And, you know, she's working on nutritionally supporting that now, but that's what caused her immune system to become confused. So that was a trigger. That was a trigger. Now, but there can be other things. You know, people can have certain viruses that can trigger that, or they can have a bacteria, or, you know, I think even possibly Lyme's disease might do that. But we, as nutritionists, we always concentrate on food sensitivities. Mm-hmm. And like, Cara, you know, and we both know that it's, it tends to look at more of those foods that are like, um, you know, dairy products are often inflammatory for the cells. Uh, gluten is often inflammatory for some people. So, again, I think it is that some people have that kind of genetic predisposition to getting that. And so it sets off an inflammatory response in their cells, and it gets directed at certain organs or joints. And so this autoimmune, you know, this autoimmune problem, autoimmunity can actually virtually affect any place in your body. So it can go to a joint, it can go to, you know, your liver, your any place in your body. Well, and yesterday, I mean, this is kind of timely for me because I had my last client yesterday. Um, she came to me about six weeks ago because mm-hmm. she has she's suffered from rheumatoid arthritis for I believe 20 years an autoimmune that's an autoimmune condition and you know so when I met with her I did address because we are nutritionists you know yes our job is to address the food aspect of the disease um, which I felt was most likely a gluten and possibly dairy sensitivity right um, so she went to her she mentioned this to her rheumatologist you know, I may have a gluten sensitivity. What do you think about this? Um, Well, what he said to her was, do you have digestive issues? And she responded, no. And then he said, well, you probably don't have a gluten sensitivity. Mm -hmm. But she went ahead and she got tested for both gluten and dairy. Okay. And it turns out, she brought me the lab results yesterday. Turns out she has a sensitivity to both. And And is it easy for her to follow now or is she struggling with... Well, you know, I mean, I think it it is a struggle. It's first of all, it's new. It's brand yes. new. Um, but, she, you know, she's doing very well. You know, and I think that's an interesting thing, uh, Cara, is that people can have these sensitivities and they don't have to be an intestinal problem for people, but it's still causing an inflammatory response in the body. And, you know, a, a, a very kind of famous person was uh, is Barbara Bush, you know, and she had one of those inflammatory responses in her thyroid, and that was actually it's called Graves' disease, is a thyroid problem. And we kind of know that there are just we see so many people, don't we, with thyroid mm-hmm. issues, this especially hypothyroid or low thyroid, and that's often called Hashimoto's disease. Mm-hmm. And so that's another one of those autoimmune diseases. And so it's like that little thyroid will get inflamed. And it can either go, like for Barbara Bush, it actually became overactive, and that was called Graves' disease. Which is the same as hyperthyroidism. Exactly. Or it can get really low, low, low thyroid, and it's called Hashimoto's disease. But again, what has happened is that the thyroid gland itself has gotten inflamed, and the cells inside of it has gotten inflamed, 
and it's not working right. So, you know, and then it can also be in a lot of other areas, too. I think one of the other ones that I, I you know, surprises me that it is an autoimmune disease is, is type 1 diabetes. Mm-hmm. You know, in the past, didn't, what did we used to think always, Cara? Type 1 came from a virus, didn't we? Mm-hmm. It always, we used to always think that. And something would affect those beta cells in the pancreas. Well, guess what? Now they're finding that... You know, like you said, gluten can affect those beta cells if people have that predisposition to causing inflammation in the the pancreas, basically. And, you know, the neat thing is I've heard of cases where if a child was just recently diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, that if they take them off of gluten, there's a possibility for some of those people to actually reverse that type 1 and get the beta cells working again in the pancreas and they can avoid having type 1 diabetes. Now, all they have to do is live on a gluten-free diet. And I've read studies actually about the link with dairy, cow, yes. cow's milk. Yes, exactly. In infants. And then the statistics show that it's more likely that they would acquire diabetes. Exactly. Later in life. So it's hard for people to understand it's that protein that is in gluten and the protein that's in milk mm-hmm. that is inflammatory for some people. Now, are we saying it's for everyone? No, because only 10% of the population ends up with these autoimmune diseases, not 90%. But I bet there's about another 10% of the people hiding out there that have them, and they don't even know that they've got beginning an autoimmune mm-hmm. disease. Well, now, yeah, I was just going to mention that a lot of these diseases are under or undiagnosed. Undiagnosed, mm-hmm. exactly. So, you know, another one that I think I want to talk a little bit about is that it's very common is MS. And again, that's considered an autoimmune disease. And what it does is that these that inflammation goes into that, you know, there's a little covering around the nerve endings, and that's called the myelin sheath. And that's just like an insulation. And what happens is if you have inflammation, it will go in there and break down that little bit of insulation and actually uh, it we actually ends up with scarring that and then what happens is you those nerve endings will misfire so then people will have trouble with you know their movement or the, the being able to see or all those things and that is actually what's happening with MS it's a breakdown of that myelin and again that's an autoimmune condition and Honestly, I, you know, as a nutritionist, I'd probably recommend taking people off of gluten and dairy and see if we can't get things in remission, basically. I mean... Well, with these serious conditions, you know, I don't think people have anything to lose. No, they don't. By eliminating, you know, it's again, it's not easy, but it's worth it. It's worth it to find out if those are the triggers. Right. So... You know, I bet, uh, Cara, I just kind of, you know, before we go on break here, I just want to kind of have people really just kind of think about all the different autoimmune diseases out there. We talked about, you know, type 1 diabetes. We talked about MS. We've talked about rheumatoid arthritis. We've talked about thyroid conditions. Um, There's many, many other ones. There's many skin problems that we're going to talk about later and probably we'll have callers in, in a few minutes to ask us more questions about this. So what you're saying, just to recap, is that autoimmune disease can affect both the pancreas and the thyroid, as well as the myelin that protects nerves, 
joints, eyes, and even skin. Even skin. So, I don't know if we need to go to a break or... Yes, we do need to take a break. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company bringing you life-changing nutrition education. Do you ever stand in a grocery store just puzzled over what to buy? And you might be asking yourself, should I pick butter? Should I buy Smart Balance? Should I buy cereal or eggs for breakfast? I want steak for dinner, but should I be eating red meat? Um, You know, should I be having red wine? Is this good or bad? So if you're like many people who are confused about food, stop the confusion by taking one of our classes. Um, We have weight classes called the Weight and Wellness Series. And better yet, if you've already taken that, you can sign up for the graduate level course. It's called (laughs) Living the Weight and Wellness Way, and that will expand your knowledge base. We actually have a class you can still join. It just started up this past Wednesday at our convenient St. Paul location. And many other locations are starting up the week of April 5th. So you do have the option of making up class one. And you can register online or call our office at 651-699-3438. And again, if you have questions today about autoimmune diseases, call the studio at 651-641-1071. Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. I'm Darlene Kavis, licensed nutritionist, and I'm here with Cara Carper, nutrition educator and counselor, and we're discussing the food connection to autoimmune diseases. You know, if you want to take the confusion out of what to eat and what to feed your family, the answers to all your questions will be found in our weight and wellness classes. You know, we teach real nutrition that will make a difference in your health. We hear it over and over and over. It has made such a difference in my health. So to t- sign up, you can go to our website at weightandwellness.com or call our office this morning at 651-699-3438. And we have 12 convenient locations. We have great teachers. They live this life. And you get life-changing information. So it's it's a win-win so well, we... Dar, we have a few callers. Okay, so I'm just going to go ahead and take the first one. Okay, here. very good. Hi, Luann. Thanks so much for holding. Sounds like you have a question on testing for gluten sensitivity. Yeah, I wanted. You mentioned that your client got tested, and it um, it sounded like it was easy for her to do that. So I just wondered how she did it. Sure, I can go over that. Well, first, um, I will let you know what you know. If you went to, let's say, you went to your doctor and said, "I want to be tested." for gluten, or for gluten sensitivity. Mm-hmm. What they would probably do is a blood test. Okay. And they may actually do a biopsy as well. Um, but I just want to let everyone know that for a gluten sensitivity, those tests are not very accurate. Okay. They're only accurate if you have this full-blown celiac. Okay. Which one in 133 people have, but 30% of the population have the sensitivity that might not show up. Okay. So, so I so, I had my oh, So sorry, actually Dar. so actually Luen, the uh blood test is about um 90% inaccurate is what oh, they okay. tell us. Yeah. So it's it's not really very valid for most people. Uh-huh. Go ahead. I'm sorry to interrupt no, you. No, it's okay. I was just going to say how, you know, what I recommended that my client do is go to Entero Lab 
And I would just recommend starting off by going to their website. How do you spell that? It's E, N like Nancy, T uh-huh. like Tom, E-R-O-L-A-B like boy, oh, dot com. So enterolab.com. Uh-huh. Go to their website. Dr. Fine um, has put together this. It's actually a kit. It's a stool sample that you mail in. Oh, okay. It's very, very accurate. Oh, okay. For, and it's very easy. Mm-hmm. So it'll give you, and, and actually they can test um, for soy, uh, eggs, all these proteins. So the oh. soy protein, the egg protein, the gluten protein, and the dairy protein. Okay. And it's, you know, is it 100% accurate? No. I don't think any test is, yeah. but it's probably above 70%, which is, is a lot better than 10%. Yes, it is. So that's the best that there seems to be out there right now. And is this Dr. Fine, F-I-N-E? Yes, it is. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, I was calling. um, Well, this is great because my mom's having trouble, and she lives out of town, and I wanted to find maybe an easy way for her to test. Sure. So we could start with that. Exactly. Great. Okay. Thank you. Thank you very much. Bye. So should we take another caller? Yeah, let's take another one. Okay. We got lots of callers on the line this morning, so that's nice. Hi, Colleen. It looks like you have a question on hyperthyroidism. Oh, it was hypo. Oh, okay. Um, no problem. You know, I just, uh, about three years ago, when I was trying to get pregnant, I had a bunch of tests done and was diagnosed with a hypothyroid. And now I'm taking, like, the synthetic yes. medicine every morning. Right. And um, basically, I've had testing since then, and they just said that this is something I'll have to do for the rest of my life, you know, beyond this thyroid medicine. Mm-hmm. And so I was curious, have you seen people be able to get their thyroid issues under control just with, nutritional solutions, because I'd much rather do that than have to take this, you know, synthetic medication for the rest of my life. I mean, we have actually seen people that have been able to do that. I don't think it's real common because you have to really, I mean, there's a lot of things that you can do nutritionally. You know, you certainly need, most people, most women need a little bit more protein because what's in protein will support the thyroid in itself. And so it's like animal protein that supports the thyroid. And then, you know, if you want to really see if if it's possible, is maybe pull out some of the things that, you know, like the gluten and possibly the dairy to see if the thyroid doesn't just start to function a lot better. And sometimes it does. You okay. know, and, and then there's, there's certain vegetables that, you know, you shouldn't overdo, like um, uh, Brussels sprouts. I mean... You know, and I think most people don't overeat Brussels sprouts, but I've actually had a client that did, so anything's possible. <laughs> you know, she was eating three big bags of Brussels sprouts every night for dinner, and I thought, I couldn't believe it. And it was negatively affecting her thyroid. So, yeah, yes. You know, a really healthy, balanced diet with good fat, and, you know, getting rid of those uh, those trans fats because, again, that makes the cells kind of hard and crusty so that the messages aren't going in. So all those things will help. And so a lot of times what we see is that the thyroid actually starts functioning better, and then they, people need less and less medication as a possibility. So, you know, we really encourage you to do that. Okay, thank you so much. Great. Thanks for the question. All right, we have one more caller. Okay. Hi, Kathy. Thanks for calling. What is your question or comment today? Hi. Uh, I just wanted to give a testimonial that this really works. About a year and a half ago, I came in to see DAR, and I um, 
was coming in for arthritis symptoms, and uh, and I have some uh, uh, stomach issues where I couldn't take many of the uh, arthritis meds, mm-hmm. and so this was really scaring me. And uh, so I so I came in for the arthritis diet, and what Dar told me was, I think you're gluten intolerant, and I kind of questioned that, but I went on the gluten free diet using all of the correct oils, and the arthritis symptoms have gone away wonderful, uh, completely. And then I have not had to take any uh, prescription anti-acids anymore either by using the right oils. So, oh, very good. Um, Excellent. You know, it, this works. It's a miracle. Yes, it you. is. And it's just food, isn't it? Yes, it is. And it tastes great, doesn't it? It does. And, you know, I don't miss the bread as much as I thought I would. Exactly. I really don't. I know it. And because I think what happens is it's bread tends to be inflammatory for so many people. And once you get that inflammation out of your cells, actually your brain kind of clears up and you start feeling great. Right. You know, it's we called, you know, it's that sense of well-being that I always talk about. And you have to get that inflammation out of your brain cells even. So. Right. Great. Thanks for your testimony. Yeah, thank you for calling in this morning. All right, thank you. Thank you. So, you know, I think, Cara, you know, as nutritionists, you know, I see clients with, you know, some of the signs and symptoms that maybe you might be getting an autoimmune disease. And these are the signs and symptoms that I often look for is, hey, do do you have eczema? I mean, you know, uh, do you have psoriasis? Do you have Raynaud's syndrome? And... You know, these are kind of, I always think when people come in and they have this, you know, I don't know if everybody knows what a Raynaud syndrome is, but it's like, you know, your fingertips and your toes get really white. and Especially and in the cold weather. In the cold weather and and you, you don't, they don't feel comfortable. And, and I always think, and I bet you do too, is that's an autoimmune mm-hmm. problem underneath. And so these are just some of those body signs that... I think then clients really need to address their nutrition and their lifestyle habits before they go down a full-blown autoimmune disease. Well, and, you know, one autoimmune disease can lead to another. Exactly. Often they're linked. Mm -hmm. And if the one is not addressed, it could turn into two or three different autoimmune disorders. Exactly. We we got an email from a very um, organized listener. (laughs) Her name's Diana. So I wanted to answer her question on the air because she sent this two weeks ago okay. in anticipation of today's wow. show. Okay. <laughs> she says, I hope you can address this on your upcoming show. Um, she's had allergies her whole life, eczema as a baby. So that sounds like the eczema is getting pretty bad just over the last six months. And she says, I hate medications. I've heard that evening primrose oil can help. Do you agree? If so, how much should I take? Any other suggestions? Thank you, thank you, thank you, she says. <laughs> so hopefully you're listening, Diana. Um, evening primrose oil contains uh, fat, an essential fatty acid called GLA, and that can be very helpful for any type of skin issue like eczema. Um, I would probably recommend GLA coming from borage oil mm-hmm. just because it's a higher concentration than evening primrose. Right. And I would probably take 600 milligrams of the actual GLA every day. Exactly. Do you agree, Dar? Exactly. At least that much. Okay. And then, I mean, you know, I think definitely if somebody has eczema, 
um, I would look at a gluten sensitivity. And, you know, and if that didn't clear up, if I, if we took away the gluten and it didn't clear up, then I would take away the dairy. And then if that didn't clear up, I might even take away the egg because, you know, I talk about Willow on the radio often, my granddaughter who is seven, and actually with her eczema, it had to be all three of those things to be taken away before her eczema cleared up. And, you know, if she gets a little bit of that, it pops out again. So... I mean, you know, it's, it's a, you, you do, you're ending up eating, you know, healthy meat, lots of vegetables, and maybe some wild rice or something like that, and good fats, but your eczema clears up, and then you're not going down the path of getting another autoimmune mm-hmm. disease. So good luck, Diane, and feel free to make an appointment if, if you need help putting together a meal plan. Mm-hmm. We need to take a break. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. And all of us know the story about Goldilocks and the three bears. Do you remember the bears were tasting three bowls of porridge? One was too hot, one was too cold, one was just right. Well, the immune system can be too hot, resulting in autoimmune conditions or allergies, or it can be too cold, allowing things like cancer to grow or viral infections to take hold. Or, preferably, it could be just right, and good nutrition leads to just right immune function. Questions today, call us at 651-641-1071. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you have an autoimmune disease, what can you do to turn it off? So that too hot immunity is not going on. So that's what we want to do is how do you turn down some of that immune response? Well, interesting. Avoid sugar and artificial sweeteners. That's number one. And uh, I think the next one that we would recommend is to stop eating gluten grains. So you get rid of things like wheat and barley and oats and you know, all those rye and all those grains, and you avoid dairy products. So you have, you know, you have to give up the yogurt even, which is interesting because it still has protein in it. And you eliminate excess estrogens or that estrogen dominance because they have found that too many estrogens are also lead to autoimmune problems. In fact, they found that women who were giving estrogen supplementation as a medication had a higher rate of autoimmune problems. So, and I think most women are not taking estrogens these days, but, you know, there's still some people that are. And we believe supplementing with omega-3 fatty acids, different antioxidants like vitamin C and vitamin E and all those, vitamin A, and also maybe some natural anti-inflammatories will help that. So those are just some hints on what you can do. So should we take some callers? Sure, we have a lot more callers. Okay, that sounds great. Hi, Jennifer. Thank you for waiting. Do you have a question for us today? I do. I have a very dear friend that has been, um, for lack of any other name that they could give it, has been diagnosed with sarcoids. Mm -hmm. She has a um, constant pain in her chest. She's been to Mayo, went through all the tests, and they can't figure it out. She's had a lymph node biopsied and has definitely doesn't have cancer. 
any idea if it is an autoimmune disease or what is sarcoids? Well, I think it is. Uh, it's a, it, You know, I would rate it as one of the autoimmune problems. And so what, um, you know, and again, I would do the things that I just talked about as we came back from break as to, you know, uh, I, I think she really needs to look seriously at her nutrition. You know, the neat thing about nutrition is there's no side effects from it. It's right. the only thing that it's going to do is to help people feel better and a lot of times you can back down the response, your immune response, you can back down that inflammation response. And so I, you know, I think you, if you could get her to come in and make an appointment with one of us, it would be great. Yeah, because, um, you know, I, I'm pretty concerned about her because her doctor had told her that she doesn't have an she doesn't have any inflammation, but yet it, listening to her symptoms and, you know, being with you guys, I went through the classes twice. Yes. It is exactly what it sounds like to me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when I had asked her, you know, the best thing to do is try to go off gluten and, and dairy products just to see how it works. Exactly. Because when she drinks milk, that it actually makes her feel better. Well, you know, I think that sometimes you, you, you know, so then you have to look at what what is really going on underneath because, um, yeah, well, and you it's know. it's possible it's gluten sensitivity and not dairy. Exactly. I mean, we just don't know. Yeah. Okay. So send her in. We appreciate the call, though. All right. Well, thank you, Dar. Yeah, thank you for taking our classes, too. So we're okay, going to... another caller. Okay. Hi, Tammy. You're on the air. Do you have a question for us? Yes. Hello. Hello. Hi. Sorry, I, I was on the speakerphone washing dishes Oh, here. that's okay. Um, <laughs> my question is less to do with um, autoimmune illness. It's just a question that came up with my husband and I. We were on a bit of a trip, and we were talking about um, the fact that we use sea salt uh, in a salt grinder, and I also use kosher salt when I cook, and we were talking about iodine, and like the Morton salt container usually says contains iodine. However, kosher salt doesn't, and my sea salt doesn't. Is is that a problem? Are, are we missing a key nutrient, or are we getting that somewhere else? So, well, let I, you I mean, know, is, Car- that, is that an issue that I use? that we use salt that doesn't contain iodine in it. Well, actually, your sea salt does have a little bit in it. It should have some in it, but it is probably not very much. And I do think that we do need iodine okay. because that helps our thyroid, and we need a certain amount every day. Right. So, you know, I kind of buy sea salt that extra iodine has been added to it. That's my, my solution. I don't do know, Cara. Sea, okay, so there's sea salt that has iodine Added to it. Yes, it you just is. have to look at the yeah. store. You just have to re- carefully read the labels. So yeah, we'll do that. Okay. Is there a certain brand, or can you say that? I, you know, I, you know, I don't even look at brands. I just yeah. look at the ingredients. Okay. But it is something I should seek out. Then. I, yes, I, I think so. I think that's a good idea. That's, okay. That's my it's opinion. It's hard to get it in food. I mean, in kelp yeah. is rich in iodine. Seafood is as well. But most people aren't eating a lot of those foods. Yes, yeah, so that's why I, I'll go with the iodized, iodized salt <laughs> the, before kelp. But anyway, okay. But okay, thanks for the Thank call. You. Well, that was helpful. <clears throat> All right. Okay, so are we going to take another caller? Or are we going to? Yep, we still have some time okay. before break. Okay, Janelle, you're on the air. Hello. Hi. Hey. Um, my little boy is 22 months old, and he just got diagnosed with type one diabetes about four months ago. Um, and it's pretty rare for an 18-month-old to get type 1 diabetes. Yes. 
Um, so I was wondering if, because I heard you guys say that, you know, a gluten-free diet could maybe even reverse it or make his pancreas start working again. Yes, and, and that's what the, yes, and we've read many case studies and actually I've heard other nutritionists talk about how that has actually occurred. So it'd probably be worth it to bring him in and change his diet. I, I would, you know. Because his numbers are all, I mean, he's high, he's low, he's all yep, over the place. Yep, and if you can possibly get that reversed, it would make it. Yeah, because he, he's also allergic to eggs, milk, and peanut butter, so okay. he can't drink regular milk, and no. that seems to help. Yeah, um, then it does seem like I would, yes, definitely, bring, I, okay. yeah, bring him in to and one of And the other those. weird thing is, is his dad just got diagnosed with rheumatoid arthritis. Oh, okay. So he should probably go on a gluten-free diet too then? Yes, and maybe you just, you know, maybe you just want to make a a, a family consultation. Okay. And, right. uh, you know, a great, I mean, great call. I, you know, I hope we can... Do something yeah, to he's reverse just so that. Young and I, I hate giving him all those shots and yes. You know, if there's anything I can do to help mm-hmm. him, I want to do it. Yep. Uh, um, and they have him on, you know, artificial sweeteners. They want him drinking, you know, because then they don't have to give him insulin if he drinks those, you know, artificial sweetener drinks that are sugar-free, carb-free, and all that. But mm-hmm. that's probably not good for him either. Absolutely not. Yeah. No. So yes. Yeah. Call our office. Make an appointment quick. Yeah, I will. Is there a Woodbury one? <laughs> yes, there is. And Cara is at Woodbury. What days are you there? I'm at Woodbury on Mondays. Yes. Oh, perfect. That's my okay. day off. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you can actually schedule that through the St. Paul office. Okay, I'll do that then. Okay. Thanks for the okay, call. Thank you. Thank you. So I think that how are we doing with every time and everything? I think we, we don't have time for another call before break, but we just we do have a couple of minutes. Okay. You know, I think sometimes that um, people really have to look at, you know, they have to look at some of their lifestyle habits, don't they? And their food choices, if you want to kind of tone down that and get the confusion out of your immune system. And, you know, even if you looked at, you know, some chemical exposures. And, you know, if you're a nail tech and you're working in an environment that has lots of chemicals, or in this, this I've had this happen a lot of times. Hairdressers come in, and they have eczema going, and or maybe some other kind of inflammatory condition on their skin or in their body. And it, I think people have to take a look at that, and maybe they change what they're doing with the chemicals, or they actually have to get into a different environment before because they're going down the path of an autoimmune disease. Sometimes we don't even realize the impact that these chemicals and environmental factors can have on our immune system. And, you know, there's, Dar, there's actually books out now on, there's a book called The Autoimmune Epidemic. Mm-hmm. And that focuses quite a bit on why are so many people getting these diseases? And it really takes a look at the environmental toxins. Okay. Well, you know, I have a person, let's look at farmers. You know, you know, people know that I grew up on a farm and, you know, farmers... The today farmers are really exposed to a lot of chemicals. And back 40 years ago, my dad believed that that was not going to be beneficial for people. And so he did not believe in pesticides and he did not believe in all these fertilizers. You know, the fertilizers that he believed was in was real manure. And that's what, <laughs> you Imagine know. Imagine that. Yes, the real stuff. And... You know, I think that another farmer that has really discovered that um, they need to back away from all those chemicals is Linda, who is the the person that owns the Farm on Wheels, and she's always at the farmer's market in St. Paul, 
and she's an organic farmer. And the reason that she and her husband switched to being organic farmers because Linda actually started to develop some serious health problems because they were using um, chemicals on their farm, and she was reacting to them. And so they have no chemicals. All their animals are grass-fed. They and the the meat and everything is just wonderful. Oh. So you know we know and real she live feels examples. Better. Yes, she feels. Oh yeah, much better. So. All right, it's time for our third break here. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Often with an autoimmune disease comes pain and inflammation. And a very natural supplement that's targeted at immune modulation and basically pain relief, relief of pain and inflammation, it's called Caprex AI, which stands for autoimmune, and that's by Metagenics. And research has found that the specific ingredients in this from hops, rosemary leaf extract, and then olive leaf extract are very effective in reducing discomfort. And um, the benefit of this is that there's no side effects and also no harm to the digestive system. We'll be back in a minute. Well, welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. You know, to put your inflammation response into remission or turn off that fire within You know, we recommend looking first at nutrition. You know, eat lean protein from grass-fed animals. Eat lots and lots of vegetables. And, you know, do a couple of servings of fruit. Make sure you're not eating refined oils and trans fats. You know, it's easy to say. It can be difficult to do, especially if you're a processed food eater. It's a big change for a lot of people. You know, I find that most people truly know very, very little about real nutrition. You know, maybe maybe you're getting your nutrition facts from TV. And, you know, a term that I coined, it's called TV nutrition. You know, it's based on companies making money, getting you to buy their products, not based on getting you well, not on your wellness. So if you're serious about breaking the chain of inflammation, you know, give us a call today. Um, you know, you can you can really look at you know, taking a class or a consultation. And so our number at the St. Paul office is 651-699-3438 and would be happy to help you. So we really teach a lot of classes throughout the community, hundreds all the time. Hundreds at, you know, so many convenient locations like you mentioned earlier in the show. Yes. And even signing up for one, uh, one evening. You know, we've got Balanced Foods for Balanced Moods coming up this week. Uh, you know, we've got all these classes, and they're great. They're great classes, aren't they? <laughs> and the two-hour classes, you know, that's not a huge time investment. It's only $25 to yep, sign up. exactly. Okay, well, this is great. We have lots of callers today, so I'm going to take one more. Okay, that sounds great. Hi, Melissa. What can we do for you today? Hi, I'm in the last couple weeks of my pregnancy, and um, I have this unfortunate thing that's happening that happened in my last pregnancy, which is I'm breaking out in a rash that about 1% of pregnant women get called the pups rash. Oh, yes. Okay. Yes. <laughs> so you okay. do know about it. It's yeah, pretty no. <laughs> horrendous. I go through medication-free labor, and I can handle that much better than you know, the five to six weeks of itching. Um, The medical community really doesn't know much about it. They sometimes prescribe steroids to pregnant women. They don't really work. But I've been reading online about everything from dandelion roots to try to cleanse your liver. 
um, to getting more omega-3s. And um, I'm just wondering what, what other kinds of things I might look, look at because it almost seems like my body is attacking the pregnancy hormones or mm-hmm. something. It's probably because your estrogen levels are high, and that's another it's another indication that uh, this is this, you know, sometimes these autoimmune diseases get started with this higher estrogen level. It's a very big, you know, because you want to do something that is not going to be damaging at all. Um, you know, I probably would do more omega-3s and to try to reduce the inflammation that way. And that would be really safe to do, possibly even do a little bit of GLA if this if your skin is real dry, if it isn't dry, then I would just concentrate on omega threes okay. and you know maybe just take a little bit of magnesium glycinate to kind of calm down the nerve endings a little bit. Oh, let's just see if that doesn't work um you know it's like you you know, and I'd be a little hesitant to put herbs and things in my body which there's a because, lot of contraindications. Yes. So, I mean, in pregnancy. Yes. So I wouldn't do that. You know, just maybe a tiny little bit, like a teaspoon or two of cod liver oil also might be beneficial. Okay. So those are my my guesses, you know. Very good to know. So magnesium <laughs> glycinate and cod liver oil. And, and more omega-3s. You know, I don't know how many you're taking of omega-3s, but if you, I, you know, you I could. I just went out to buy some. Okay. Well, you should probably start with at least three, one with each meal. Great. So, okay. Very good. Thank you much. Great. Good luck, Melissa. Thanks for your call. We get all kinds of calls. No interesting stuff today. <laughs> That's great. Hi, Julie. Thanks for holding. Do you have a question today? Yeah, I was just wondering if there was any correlation between long-term use of antibiotics as a young child and then getting autoimmune. Um, illnesses later? Well, you know, that's that's a really good question. There is a, a link between autoimmune conditions and gut health. Mm-hmm. So I would say yes to your question. Um, you know, gut, what we do to our gut as a child can definitely affect our our health as an adult. And I guess what antibiotics do is they wipe out both the good and bad bacteria. And, you know, in this country, we really don't, we're not replacing that with a food source. So unless we specifically do that with a supplement, we're never replacing that good bacteria that was lost. And that can actually lead to, you know, immune issues. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think that's a very yeah, excellent question, actually, because I, people don't even think of that connection. And, you know, and honestly, some people have to be on antibiotics uh, off and on. And if they are going to take antibiotics, they need to take some bifidobacteria and some acidophilus every day to protect that lining. And usually if they do that, there's less damage that's done to the lining. And it's more than just taking some fruited yogurt. It's really taking a a higher level and better quality supplement to make sure that you're getting enough of that uh, beneficial bacteria, those probiotics. So... Good question, and I think they're, and we see clinically, honestly, we see clinically if almost, I would not say 100%, but probably 99% of our clients that we see with autoimmune diseases have taken a fair amount of antibiotics in the past, so. And all medications can disrupt that delicate flora in the gut. Yes, exactly. So I think it's just, it's so important 
for anyone with an autoimmune disease to be supporting gut health with probiotics. Yes. So thank you for the call today. Hope we answered that. And um, so we're going to go back to talking about what we were talking about. And we were kind of, you know, we ended up talking about chemicals and we have to, if you're being exposed to a lot of chemicals and you start to have some of these signs and symptoms, you kind of have to figure out how to change your environment so that doesn't continue. So what are some of the signs, you know, that somebody would have a condition? So if, um, well, if, you know, if you're sensitive to maybe uh, gluten and dairy and even mm-hmm. possibly the egg protein, um you know, they might have, people have irritable bowel syndrome. I can't tell you how many clients have come in and they said, well, my doctor said I have irritable bowel. And I'll say, okay, where did that come from? <laughs> and they'll say, well, doesn't everybody have irritable bowel? <laughs> no, it comes from just like a lady just said, asked us before, that probably has come from the use of antibiotics, hasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes. You know, so people might have constipation, gas, diarrhea, heartburn, you know, another one that you might think about is anemia. You know, unless a person is having really heavy menstrual cycles with a heavy blood flow, there is an, has to be a reason that people have anemia. And so sometimes that is what's going on, is that that's caused from a gluten sensitivity. And then the other one that I think is very interesting is osteoporosis. Mm-hmm. And so the connection between, you know, anemia and osteoporosis People aren't absorbing the minerals. They might be eating the foods or taking supplements, but if they're eat, continuing to eat gluten and damaging their intestinal tract, they're not absorbing these things. Exactly. You know, the other one that I see, people just have fatigue. They have kind of achy, they have achy muscles, and we hear this all the time, like fibromyalgia is another one of those autoimmune problems, and... And then the other one that they have is they have trouble sleeping. My well, gosh, is the this show fast. over? Oh. So, <laughs> you know, you have to, if you're going to be successful, you probably have to change your nutrition to change your immune system. Thank you for listening today. Have a great today. weekend.